This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me. It bothered me. But, you know, that th- mm-hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm-hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and I I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years and... You know, it does challenge your thoughts because I'm going to this is kind of know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking redundant, negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So Mm -hmm. be the best Mm -hmm. version of yourself, Um, you know, and sometimes it can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, Mm -hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just mm-hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist if uh, you're not into yeah. it anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm-hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash F-O-T-W. Okay, Dennis Miller, who uh, is a really long-term good friend, who's a brilliant mind and one of the probably best pure stand-ups. And I think, you know, because he did it six years and nailed it every night, the best, um, you know, update guy in SNL history. I I don't count Kevin Nealon because he only did three years. I think of him as a sketch player. Tina always had a sidekick. So I think Dennis is the best pure, you know, Chevy was brilliant as well, but I put Dennis up there and uh, he's funny. It's fun to do Dennis. Yeah. They've been lucky with update. They get great people on there. Um, Yeah. I should have tried to do update. Colin, Colin, the current people are great. I, uh, uh, Colin Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and Colin Quinn and Colin Jost. Yes. And Scarlett um, Johansson. Scarlett did it for awesome. a while. Yeah, she, yeah she's she's awesome. I don't a, know anything about the show. She did it for a while. Okay, Colin Jones is the Avengers. Okay, started out in the Whisper Horsey movie with the Redford Cat. All right. So Go Denny <laughs> uh, got me on uh, the HBO Young Comedian special. That's and right. He, and he helped get me on SNL. He's the one that gave me the famous advice before I went on at Catch Rising Star. Hey, Spudley. Don't kill too hard. It'll throw up the fucking red flag. I go, what do you mean? They don't like some polished road hack. I go, oh. Anyway, so wait, I don't do well tonight? And they're like, and David Spade. And I go, so I walk up and uh, they're just looking at your writing. So I did it and Schneider did it and we got on the show. Oh, Dennis was a good champion of uh, young comedians and uh, he's a good talent scout. I mean, he noticed the kindred spirit. I think that you have some symbiotic comic uh dna with yeah, dennis yeah, you're I not a like clone dennis. but yeah you, uh big influence especially early on and uh he helped sandler get on too so he was and schneider yeah. so he was a big help to us and uh here he is your boy dennis so, miller one and only dennis muscle dennis muscle <laughs> christ sakes carvey what was in your tea that day all right it's called miller it's not exactly the toughest uh, pedigree you could think of it anyway when i do dennis my iq goes up but right now it didn't it's ladies not- and gentlemen the man without the sunglasses is now going to say, It's Miller time. <laughs> there you go. 
our guest today. This is the only official thing Dave's we say. Dave's always on the verge of splitting. He lives on... Dave, we his frisson is found. Yeah. No, it's like a surface right. tension where you overpour a glass and a tremble. That, that's Spudley with a spade passed out was the kind of moniker of uh, I early October. Hey, wait, before we, before I forget, did we do a gig once in Pennsylvania where we went? We were having so much fun in the back seat of the limo that we went around a hundred miles the wrong way before we figured out the driver. Was that? Oh, was that me? Or you like, you and Dana. I don't remember too many drives. I, th- I thought it was the yeah. three of us that we got in a Could've car been. on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and we were laughing our asses off. And we, do you remember this at all, or am I just uh, doing a Brian I, Williams? I hanging remember off a the lot of drives thing. in darkness at night from gigs. Yes, it just seems to me that I remember being in a car with you guys, and all of a sudden saying, "Hey, this we're heading towards Pittsburgh, and we want to go to Philly." So. There you go. We, That's my story, folks. Yeah, thanks That's for my coming on, Dennis. Story. We would get insanely silly in back of cars after gigs, driving multiple yeah, distances, like me. ridiculously. I used to always go. Remember we had that, we we both lived across the street on the Upper West Side, and there yes. was that uh, fuck hat who played the <laughs> Jamaican uh Buster. What's that drum called where you hit a big walk and it Yeah, we had a guy outside playing that till two in the morning. Christ <laughs> where couldn't the... say anything if you were buzz killing him. You know, all of a sudden I'm trying to lay there. It's the one sound on the planet I can't sleep to. Boing, boing. <laughs> I can't Dude, sleep. I don't like any sounds. Those New York, I was from Arizona, just a sweet kid off the streets. And then my first Apartment in New York. You guys are at the Bromley, the fucking nice well, place. I was at the, the Bromley. World. Wasn't Dennis? Is that your pad? $2,000 a month. Weren't you at the Bromley? Nice. I was across the street yeah. in a, on Edgar Allan Poe Street. I, I bought a place, actually. I remember that place. Yeah. How nice. Pretty nice. Yeah. I had these Never pipes, sell. you know, in the middle of the night. They're full of steamers, and they go, kang, kang. It's like somebody's hitting with a steel pole. <laughs> and I go, I call my landlord. I go, something's wrong. He goes, shut the fuck up. Don't ever call me again. And I go, what? And everyone goes, that's just the way it is. I go, the way it is, there's no way to sleep. It's like Gee, a steel that's a rude pipe. landlord. <laughs> you know, David does, uh, he has to have Scene <laughs> so think about dropping you. I always am touched by that with Spade that he has a <laughs> supreme comfort. Watch him on Ellen or Stern. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, very this guy pattery. is so comfortable. <laughs> right. And then if you tweak something like this, this picture of Faye Dunaway is hanging a little tilted. He can't even fucking get out of bed in the morning. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I was getting, and, and by the yeah. way, it's before Uber Eats, it's before any delivery. So I had to go down to like Sleepy's and buy a mattress and drag it three blocks up my Sleepy. stairs. Like there's Good. no See, help at all, you know what I mean? Your ancestors of, right. in the comedic kind of tributary. I see no sleepies that place, <laughs> sure. but dropping these references perfectly timed. And then I would drag it up, and then I had to get one desk, a phone, and that's all I had. Like two spoons because they kept telling uh, <laughs> uh you know, Lauren. Uh, Lauren kept saying I might not come back the next year, so I had to move in May. And then wait, and then about a month later, he goes, okay, bring him back, and then I have to come look for an apartment. It's way more stressful. I should have spent the money. And Lauren would do the pickup of Damocles thing, hanging over your head. So you were like a rat on a wheel. Just, I'll do anything. <laughs> yeah, mine well, was Whitney. You know, do, do two bad ones in a row. I'm co- so you were co-anchoring there, with Whitney Brown. 85. You were there one year before me yeah. with Terry Sweeney. Nora Dunn, Whitney oh. Brown, that was your first season. I remember going to Lou Charles one night with mm-hmm. Robert Downey. It was a sweet, Robert Swedish Downey young guy. Oh, he was, that was your year. Yeah. yeah. His oh, first year. Wow. young girlfriend coming. We shot pool next to Lou Charles with Sarah Jessica Parker. She was like 16. Oh, yeah. 
And I was playing the Potter Familius with guys like that, and mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall. Right, Anthony was standoffish, but Robert was the sweetest cat in the world. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Randy Quaid. Yeah, he's yeah, now yeah. gone up country. I don't know why. Up country, you could say that. <laughs> yeah. Got a little woo woo up in the uh, attic. Yeah. He's auditioning yeah. for militia roles now. <laughs> he's he's got, on next he's week. Right? Look. Oh, Randy, I think we'd so. love to have Randy. Randy got the canned heat playing in his head twenty four seven. Little Freeman action on outside of Big Fork. And Denitra, poor Denitra, who passed. Denitra yeah, Vance. Okay. She was yeah, lovely. Denitra Vance. Terry Sweeney, who I mm-hmm. saw on, uh, maybe last year, and he's still mm-hmm. with his husband, who they were together then, so that was lovely to see. And Lovitz, of course. And Smigel, that prick, yeah. wrote that. Uh, I kid Smigel. I love <laughs> yeah, Smigel, but he wrote that, he wrote that last scene where, where there's oh, a the fire. fire. <laughs> so at the end of that season. I was about to say, you lived through the fire, I guess. I'm not uh, yeah, but they didn't say that that night. The funny thing was, Lorne runs into the fire. Which is, grabs Lovitz and runs <laughs> That's true. He saves Lovitz. It's kind of brilliant. I mean, it's Yeah, it's a great joke. But when you're waiting on a pick, I kind of thought I'd get pick, uh, picked up. But you never know. The season was considered rough because Madonna came on the, yeah. the first show of the following season and said it was a dream or something. Oh, like was, the last oh, season. Right. But yeah. you survived it and right. thrived from and it. Nora, and Nora. Nora uh, and Whitney. And, and John. And John. But John, John was the biggest hit. In the John was the you biggest You know what I knew? I knew that John was a genius was... Um, we're flying in uh, to do our auditions, and they put us all on this L-1011 out of LAX. You remember that plane that had yeah. two on the outside, two on the inside, yeah, and then they were five? A little, little shaky. It's like you're, oh, huge, you're flying huge. in choir practice. Yeah. So I'm in the middle, <laughs> and I'm sitting next to Lovitz. And you know, when you first meet John, he's uh, he's so childlike. He's Hello. like a yeah. elfin. <laughs> and we're, we're flying in, and uh, you know, when I get uptight, I get so sardonic that I kind of drive people away as I look mm-hmm. back. Uh, I, Stress. I, I, yeah. yeah. I, I, then later in our relationship, I get gushy about how much I love him, but up front, until I form bonds, I'm so <laughs> uptight that I uh, I kind of get not sour, but uh, just a little quiet. So anyway, Lovitz is uh, going on and on. You know, John, Jesus Christ. On the plane. Jesus Christ. Say hi. Pull his strings. What's he talking about at this point? Is he on the show? You're going in to do the show? We're going in to audition. To audition. Oh, and okay. I say, so John, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm a comedic actor. I'm in the Groundlings. And I said, uh, so what will your audition be? And he said, I'll do some characters. And I go, what, is, what, what, what character are you most proud of? And he said, uh, <laughs> On the, the, plane. Uh, the, yeah. the pathological liar. Uh-huh. So he said, this guy lies incessantly. You know, and I'm sitting there thinking, Christ, it's like seeing a gazelle limp on the Serengeti. I'm going to feed on this cat. <laughs> <laughs> I said, that's the big pitch. You're going to come in. That's the big pitch. You know, you're sitting in front of the SNL. It didn't you know, sound that great. Star Chamber going, yeah. I, I didn't remember. But yeah. then Crushes. all of a sudden, he, I start seeing that thing. And then he does dress rehearsal the first night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I introduce him as Tommy Flanagan, the yeah. president of Liars, Liars Anonymous. Anonymous. Yeah. And he grabs me. It goes well. But he grabs me in the break and he says, no, no, it's not Flanagan. He says, there's no other way to really pronounce Flanagan except for a pathological liar. He makes the A long. It's Flanagan. And I said, I looked at him and I said, Jesus, John, that took my breath away. I said, that is such a cool little accent or a Mm -hmm. sedilla or something. I thought, oh, this guy is sharp, man. Imagine Flanagan. You know, you look at Flanagan, you're going to say Flanagan. Yeah. Yeah, But he even had to lie about that and say Flanagan. John, that's great. We had him on the show and he, uh, you know, he really stood out because he looked different. Him and Phil Hartman, too, had these 40s things they would do all the time. And his voice was so big. 
John McMahon's live, you know, acting, that yes. whole thing. Mm-hmm. But for you, like, we knew each other from the clubs, mm-hmm. and you you probably knew David a little bit, too, before he got in oh, SNL, maybe right I after. David and Charlie Schlatter. Yeah. Remember, I, and Schneider, we used to go at breakfast at Jerry's Famous Deli yeah. on the curve out in Ventura. Sure. You'd be there with, like, Tori Wells. And, uh, <laughs> Tori Wells. <laughs> no, Covert went out with Tori Wells. <laughs> Full-blown porn star was at Jerry's. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. She was like straight out of the porns. Like that's great. And uh, we Dennis had is more of a Terry Weagle guy. No, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> one time Tim met us, oh, and I said to them, they were also diminutive. You know, they mm-hmm. come in and they're mm-hmm. all like, well, killers. Charlie was funny yeah. too in his own way, but mm-hmm. uh, he ended up. Walking with a clipboard next to Dick Van Dyke for four years in a hospital. Remember that show? Diagnosis murder. Yeah. So uh, they came in. And I remember I told you you should pitch a show called Tiny Cops. Oh yeah, Tiny where it was Cops. was just a procedural, but everything was just like uh, Jerry Orbach and one of those procedurals. Yeah, well, but you, all the props were made just a little bigger. Yeah. So you yeah, guys yeah. would whip up to a crime scene and. People would say, is that steer? Look, it's the tiny cops. <laughs> the doors were all little. And yeah. they'd open the door with two hands and hop out, and there'd be, you, you just set a scale up. So I, everything yeah, was I done. Think that's really I for remember Hulu you telling right me that because I was like, I'm waiting for Michael J. Fox to host for that one. <laughs> Give it to us. Just hey, come on, Sarge. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> from Casualties of War. Yeah, we love what Michael what J. are we Fox. doing here exactly? Did what we do a benefit for my, I did a benefit for Michael one night, and he, he stops two days out. He's such a mensch. Mm-hmm. He stops taking his pills two days out. Oh, oh! So he so he to get the fundraising going. Oh my god! That's what a be. That's what an absolute beautiful beast he is. Well, so we're standing there talking. <laughs> I have to process that t- yeah, later because you know it gets people to go. Oh shit! This is for real. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it was interesting. Blew me out. You know, you, you're like gobsmacked, and you're also tearing up, thinking, "Wow, this is yeah. a warrior." They fight this disease, fucked with the wrong guy, yeah. mm-hmm. and. We're doing a gig, and Jason Bateman comes in, and he said, hey, do you know Jason? I go, no, no, I like Jason Bateman. Uh, but it, this was before Arrested Development. I'd just seen him in a few things, and he said, let's go say hi. So we go up. <laughs> this is the first thing Jason Bateman ever – I'm sorry, this is an SNL, but I'm just oh, – I, I figure we're supposed to do sure. matter. So he goes, I guess, Jason Dennis Miller, and Bateman looks at me, and the first utterance is, hey, what's it like to be with both Teen Wolves? <laughs> 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 People don't know Michael J. Fox was Teen Wolf and then Jason Bateman was Teen Wolf. Jason took Teen Wolf. I forgot he did Teen Wolf. Jeez, great. I was just uh, laughing out of courtesy. I, I didn't even Wolf get the reference. Because we're from Pittsburgh. And, so uh, they both did Teen they Wolf. They both did Teen Wolf. And that's the first thing. Whenever I'm that's watching funny. Ozark now and it gets really weird, I think of him go, hey, what's it like to be with He is funny. He's the Teen Wolf guy. I remember when you got on SNL because we did some club dates. In fact, it's 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 an interesting story that I was playing the San Jose Improv I think mm-hmm. I was headlining it. Yeah. And then Dennis Miller, I said, who? Dennis Miller, what? So I picked you up at the airport in San Jose and you oh, were wow. my opener for like five nights no at the San Jose Improv in like 81. And we got on like a house of fire. Right? You had to we follow got on this guy. This is a tough Well, I'll one. tell you, usually I was, you know, I had the lady, I had some chops. I had my, <laughs> I know, I had my, you're the hardest to follow. I had my little impression. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I, I like Dennis right away, but I didn't pay much attention. There's another middle yeah, act, you know. Middle but act, then poke your head in now and then take a look. night. It's, I started, I'd go up there and I'd go, what is wrong? You know, if I didn't, I wasn't watching his act, you know, what is wrong? And I realized, then I went out and watched him. I said, holy shit. So the first 10 minutes of my act, I had to deal with you because you were a headliner. I mean, you, it was ridiculous trying to follow you. Yeah. 
But so, what what struck me is when you got an SNL, and then we were hanging out and stuff. You were telling me how emotionally trying it was being on that show, and it kind of scared the shit out of me. And then I got on the next year. It's weird, but I remember you just going, "Honest yeah, to God, it's like the way it's Yeah. All of a sudden, you get the keys to the kingdom, and you mm-hmm. realize that they can. They don't even have to come up from the desk and ask for the key. They can just do that electronic cancellation where it doesn't work in the door anymore. It's all uh, right. Yeah, it's pretty fraught. I, but yeah. you know what? I, I was such a wuss then. I'm glad I got it. It gave me rhino skin. I don't know about you. Isn't that one of the best gifts SNL gave I like you rhino that? skin. It made me tougher for everything yeah, else in showbiz. Everyone, everyone who's talked about it says that you can do anything after that. Whatever you want to try to do. But also, I was telling uh, Dan, like I come in. Dennis was my favorite comic. I didn't know Dan as well, so I wouldn't say you weren't my favorite comic, but I knew Dennis and of his stuff. And then yeah. I got to open for him, I think, at Caroline's Seaport. Mm-hmm. And uh, great working with you, you know, and you said nice things about a couple of my jokes, one of my Kaja Goo Goo jokes or something. <laughs> and then uh, I had a pretty good act back Now, come on. What is my that? wife's in the video. Oh, oh okay. shut the fuck. I didn't know That's that. Carolyn, Carolyn. Too shy. Yeah, yeah. Too shy to shy. shy hey, you know what my joke was? It was pretty wow. clever. I said, I, I told my guy, I did a police academy movie, and I told my tax accountant, and I go, so I made no money, and then I made a lot of money, and then I made no money again. He go, I go, is there something we can do? He goes, oh, the Kaja Gugu proposal of uh, 1982? <laughs> something about someone that made Some money and didn't make thing. money yeah, again. Yeah. No, he did, uh, yeah, he, like he went on and did one other thing, The Never Ending Story, that song where the oh. kid sings it while he's on the dog's head. <laughs> that guy did? Oh, yeah, Jamal? That was Lamal from Kaja Gugu. Yeah, Lamal. So he had two big hits. But he also, you know, he worked with Giorgio Moroder a little on that, and they became friends. So I think he, I think Lamal does well now. That's <laughs> I used to <laughs> watch my wife on that <laughs> video. And he had then parachute I, pants. I, I, I met her. Uh, yeah, later in life, I go, Jesus. was a model when you met her. Yeah. She was a. In but Europe that video is cool when you mm-hmm. go back and see. It. It's one of those videos that you don't. Uh, they they have some sort of loose narrative there, but it's mostly just Lamal and uh, Carolyn in a nightclub. It's cute. Mm-hmm. I told I told uh, Dana, Dana before with love. It's that first of all, I wrote, I, I didn't write for you, but I, I, you helped me get on this young comedian special that was before SNL and that right. he hosted and he mm-hmm. sort of squeezed me in from five comics to six. Remember there was only going to be five, yeah. but then you helped Brad and Gervitz helped. And then, uh, so I got on, so that got me and Bowie was in the audience. We've talked about that. Coolest cutaway. And then, yeah. The coolest greatest, cutaway. There. Yeah. Yeah, there's our crowd, Bowie. Yeah. And it's then, not uh, Joanne Worley like Robinson. Yeah. He's, there's, there's Goey, <laughs> Bowie doing a gut Joe buster, <laughs> bend, bending over. Uh, and then I, and then I get on the show and then it's me and Schneider. And then, uh, you know, Dennis is like, if, he goes, Spudley, get a crowbar in there and fucking kick me some update jokes. Don't <laughs> that, forget about your boy. Has that been his consistent nickname for you? Because he always Spudley. calls me Carvey and yeah. you're Spudley. Yeah. And Neelan is Sammy. We'll talk about why that. Yeah. Okay, so go ahead. So I would try to, once I realized I was totally X'd out of reading through for the, for the week <laughs> and nothing got on, then I'd go and, just, and and try to give Dennis some crumbs with update jokes and slide them under the door. And then Herb Sargent would go, <laughs> I go, hey, did you- Herb uh, Sargent, did you get my jokes? He goes, rah, rah. <laughs> like, I mean, none of them are any good. So we would try to write for you. And I told Schneider, help out Denny, man. He got us here. We got to throw in some jokes. But it's hard to write for a guy who's a, this good of a joke writer. I'd say the best. I'm, I make my ah, best blush sometimes. Yeah. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. 
My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Dennis is pound for pound the best update person in history, in my, my opinion. Appreciate yeah. it. And you also the longest single guy, because I was looking up update host today, and Tina always had a sidekick. She was brilliant, too. Oh, right. Single. Uh, yeah, but as far as six years, six seasons, mm. solo, 120 shows down the the barrel, down the barrel. and well, herb was big uh, listen herb, Herb's, herb you remember herb's office was like the louvre of saturday night live the smithsonian yeah, yeah. he had everything he knew and i would go in there i couldn't really write till around friday at four o'clock i'd get scared and, and then you made you right you know I, yeah. I when i got scared i thought you fuck this up you're gonna be back in a club in baltimore man you know what i mean it's like get get your head together don't be whiny and right after I would have that moment, I could write like a beast for the next eight hours. Mm-hmm. And Herb would sit there and tape everything yeah. and write it down. And he'd hold – he took an X-Acto knife and he'd cut out articles and hold them up and I'd just flash on the yeah, article. Yeah, that's your brilliance. And, uh, oh, you'd riff about it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And he had like – I remember we were at Belushi's uh, beers because Herb had every piece of oh, how accoutrement cool. and to feel inspired. Not that I was like, I'm not saying anything like John Belushi, but you could sit there and put how the fun. shark on, the land shark, or you could put the beers cool. on. And I know that sounds funny, but it did remind me I was on Saturday Night, Night Live. Fucking you, better, you better bust your ass here and kill, man. Because it was, uh, you know, the day-to-day of it, you guys must know, it's like work and there were times you'd forget it, and then there were other times you'd see you know, George Harrison walking in the middle of the night, and you'd be reminded that you were at the yeah. locus of it all, and it it would make you hustle because you wanted to stay. It was t- yeah. too much. It was too much to process. I can't imagine people coming on now because we followed, you know, the original cast, mm-hmm. the superstars, and then Eddie Murphy, you know, yeah. Billy Crystal and Martin Short, Christopher Guest. So. The idea that for me at that time that I was on Saturday Night Live was insane. So to deal with that pressure and score, but I've never seen anyone in a room uh, write jokes like you. And yeah. I know people have talked about it besides me, like with the recorder on, topics going. When did you know you had that gift? Because you, you told me once, which I think is an interesting story about doing kind of your first stand-up date in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and inviting kind of local friends and yeah. stuff. And it was a disaster. disaster. But where did you get the idea that well, maybe I got something? It was like as a kid or just around or. You know, when I, I started to, and by the way, I want to say that uh, that night, you never know about people, do you? You know, you're mm-hmm. talking about when uh, people like jokes on this thing, mm-hmm. but when you're sincere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember there was this, like sun god quarterback for our football team, yeah, and he was oh. the first guy to have a sun god <laughs> super B four forty, you know, yeah. and a muscle super car. Stud. He yeah. managed we a rusty scuffer. His name was Mike Menegazzi. Roger Varwig. Yeah, you had one. We had one super stud. Yeah, and uh, I just ate it in front of one hundred and fifty high school friends, and uh, 
It's it's rough in a weird way because you're so uh, you know you're so like an emotional hemophiliac then about people approving of you and it went horrible and I, I remember him coming up to me in the street yeah you never had the time of day for me or that turns yeah. out he he just we didn't cross paths but he said hey uh, you should keep that up you have something and I know that this is always going to be brutal for you that was tough. He said, but you have a funny sense of humor. You should keep it up. And he walked away. And I remember thinking, um, after that, I got so much less neurotic about it. I remember thinking, nobody has put a gun to your head to get into this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You could have been in Vietnam. You could have drew, you know, I I drew a number where Charlie had to be bungee jumping off the St. Louis Arch for me to see any action. (laughs) But (laughs) you you could draw that number where you're, you know, all of a sudden you're with the Bubba Gump kid in a marsh somewhere. I missed the Vietnam draft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But life gets a lot harder. And I got so much less neurotic about it. And that's when I started to write better jokes because I remember. I remember thinking, this isn't a sword from the stone moment. <laughs> this doesn't always have to be some Francis of Assisi praying mm. on a rock and a beam hits you in the head. Just right. shut up and write 10 jokes. It's like Letterman used to say. Uh, that always made me, it's parts of Dave I don't get, but I was always endeared when he'd say, uh, Hey, we're, we're entertainers. Have two funny stories and get on and tell them. <laughs> about the show? You didn't yeah, want yeah. to know anything. You, do you, your I, fucking I got jokes. eight minutes with you. Yeah. Tell two funny stories. I think it's nice mm, that you did that because uh, I think it's interesting that you walk away bombing in quotes in your head. Mm. You fuck that. But someone, mm. you know, you people don't always laugh out loud or there's people that go, everyone's not laughing. I shouldn't laugh, but I actually think this guy's pretty good. And have someone out of the blue that's influential like that, especially at high school. Well, when he died early, and I, somebody, you know, you're on a list with your fellow graduates, and they said someone says passed, and he died pretty early. And I, I must admit, as little as I knew him, yeah, uh, that made me so sad. You know, it's like I a stab. Thought, you hear, uh, you hear that, and you go, oh yeah. wow, is that weird? Mm-hmm. What's happening to us? I'm 68. Carve you, you might. Are you a little younger? Or I'm a little you? younger, but yeah. not by much. Spudley, yeah. what are you? <laughs> 41. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Heather, check the Wikipedia. Will you change it again? Um, you just you know what I mean. You're no. starting to no, hear I see about classmates. Drop. It's so weird. Or you just start noticing mm-hmm. the age on people that have a heart attack. And you're like, at 51, you go, what the fuck? So now you're in the vicinity of like, oh, people are dropping. Or or you look at a picture and you go, oh, these two aren't here anymore. And you go, ah, oh, fuck, man. It's rough. I have a big picture in my Very office. Do not. I just looked at Spudley's office. It's so sweet to see those memories. But- I look up and see Phil so many times and I uh, just miss, Jesus, weren't we privileged mm-hmm. to be with him? I had a flash yesterday because we were talking to Bill Hader you know, about nerves. And I do remember distinctly being terrified, but I'd come on before a sketch, an 8-H, and I'd see Phil and Jan, and they'd be in their costumes and Phil be looking at the script and they were calming. You know, your, your, your castmates, I call them bandmates, it would calm me down to a point we're in this together. Going back to you, you were just alone right down the pike for like, how long were your segments normally update? 10 minutes of jokes? And you'd yeah, have but guests. there's always a guest. Yeah, there's always a guest or two. You, you know what? It is that old Carson lesson about uh, those are not going to work. And you have to not be a sweat act when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They don't yeah. need every joke to be perfect. That gets a little precious and right. neurotic. 
they want to see if you have any Scaramouche in you when it doesn't go well. You know, can you still Zorro a little? Uh, Scaramouche, so, the the guy the Trump, who was served under know, Trump, rapier. Or, oh, uh, the rapier. Sort of, <laughs> I got to go back to junior college. Okay, I didn't know that one. I just. I'm skipped just saying it. that uh, yeah. they want to see some savoir faire when you eat it. That's more important than better than good jokes. Yeah. And Carson was always so brilliant at that. I used to watch that and say, "Why is that so intoxicating?" Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, yeah. "Well, when this joke goes awry." The only mistake you can make is to double down or look like an asshole or yeah. like you're so bullet ridden you can't take mm-hmm. it. You know, you fucked up. It's definitely a, a joke that doesn't land, and then you, they see you smile or laugh at but the idea that it didn't land. It's all it takes. Yeah. You don't even have to be witty or anything. You just have to look <laughs> you, aware that you just. This is what the you know how bits stand out with people. I don't know why this line always fit out in my brain. I don't know if you did it an update, but it was just so you, and it was so dry and bizarre. <laughs> Jimmy cracked corn. And I don't care. And I don't care. Long pause. What the kind of hell attitude is that? <laughs> Does that? Did you do that on update? You know what? I started to act? try to write jokes when I was in a fallow thing as far as a... I used to always think indignation, what am I... It was mm-hmm. like the fulcrum. Right. Oh, yeah. What am I? Arcane reference. So, you know, uh, when you boil it down to is I got cut off on the 101. What am I? The robot made from death. You know, whenever I'd get stuck, <laughs> that's, that's what I'd write. It's a good and when I couldn't even come up with one of those, I would just do a rhythm joke. And oddly enough, you you built that firewall for me when you used to do Morse Miller, where you wouldn't even say words. You'd just go. Well, yeah. I mean, your attitude is so That's what that joke was. Yeah, that's rhythm. What am I, Gleeco? You say things where I go. I think you said Vinny Lightning from the Detroit Lions. You'd say things that weren't even didn't make sense. It's brilliant the way you do it because people would walk away going, "I didn't get two of those." You're like, "Oh, I just made those up." (laughs) Just because you got to keep people off kilter a little bit. Like, God, I had almost every reference. I always thought the core joke, the mothership, should be accessible to all, and the next one should be accessible to four fifths. The third one in should be the, the other fifth. And the fourth one, they shouldn't get. That's where the garbo is. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to make sense. But you yeah. walk away and go, you it's just give them that look. Is, like, yeah. It's just so smart. It doesn't even yeah. have to mean anything. I don't know. Also, you've done how many specials? Ten? Ten specials? Nine, nine yeah. specials. Mm-hmm. Which I opened for one, maybe black and white, or maybe Mr. Miller goes to Washington. I was thinking of shooting for 10, but I don't have it in me anymore, man. I'm like Jimmy Arness in season 22 of Gunsmoke. I'm flinching. <laughs> You know, it has to be Jimmy or not James. There's a kid in town with a fast gun, and I don't have it anymore. The last one I did, I was so fucking nervous. Well, the way the world is, it would be here. You'd be seated on your, for your tent. I could do this. just a little room with just like three yeah. people. But you stand up in front of that, uh, that crowd. I just mm-hmm. don't. Listen, I'm glad. I played golf with Charles Barkley once, and he. It's terrible. Terrible. But oh, he, had, you know, he didn't even have a hitch in his back swing. He had a mini stroke. You know, we'd have to go <laughs> yeah. away to Warm Springs and Warm Springs. swim in the pool with FDR just to get. Eleanor's out with her girlfriend. He used to be. I remember golfing. He'd say, "I can't believe I embarrass myself like this." And I said, "Charles, just be glad it wasn't in your uh, <laughs> your free throw stroke." You know, oh, yeah, I mean? stop in the middle. Yeah, it, yeah. it could have been in your rice ball. Right. So I always thought, uh, you know, I it, as long as it didn't impinge on my rice ball, like the not acting or anything mm-hmm. like that, I was happy. But I can I just insert this for a second. One time, Dennis and Kevin and I did a date, and we were too afraid to take the private jet. There was weather, so we drove for like four hours. Mm-hmm. And my All I right. needed jokes about. 
kids in high school because my son was working on a stand-up. Oh, yeah, we had. And yeah. you were, Dennis sat there and came up with like 50 jokes <laughs> just sitting in the back like that. <laughs> One of them was like, um, I'm not, I'm going to paraphrase it. I don't want to say I went to a privileged high school, but I, I hung my jersey in my wine locker. <laughs> you know, but it was one after the yeah, other. You know, I, I probably was clumsier yeah, than you did. Listen, the, if you do 50 jokes, it's a 40 of them suck. Yeah, it's okay. And we then 10, rapid fire. 10 you can pull and they've got something. And then you, Mr. Miyagi, the 10. Yeah, you, know, you, you just, sharpen them a bit. Especially yeah. I watch you on stage. I know that Davis. you take it up there and get the language right, you know, and the rhythm's right. Yeah. You're we, a great stand-up, man. You know, when I first saw you, obviously you were like a such a young kid. And then I've watched you over the years and nobody, I mean, those Ellen things, Ellen, Ellen can be a little quirky, but you're so smooth with that. And then you go yeah. over to Stern and uh, and then when I see your stand-up periodically, I go out, well, God rest his soul, Norm, but remember we, you and I and Norm recently, oh, that God was the last damn. time I saw Norm. That For sure. Yeah, I mean, mm. that, maybe me too, because he wouldn't do, he wouldn't, every during Corona, he didn't say what was going on, so he just say, I can meet in a week, and he goes... I go, all right, we'll go to this restaurant. Outside? I go, no. Oh. I mean, it's, it, we, so you can come to my house. There. And, but we did oh. this fucking gig, me and Dennis oh, in Oklahoma. So you guys played that big giant yeah, casino yeah. in Oklahoma? Yeah, right up uh, an hour yeah. south uh, of Dallas. TriStar. Yeah. I think it's Do we TriStar. take a plane or something? Yeah. yeah. All and of us we together? just left. So, so f can you imagine us three idiots? Oh, yeah. You guys took, yeah, Norm. You, I remember you guys talking about this. Oh, so gig. listen, I had yeah. a headache, Dennis, right? So my neck was all fucked up as per <laughs> usual. So we're, in the, we're driving over there and <laughs> Norm goes, do you want anything? And he's holding, clutching like a falcon. He's got like some prescription bottle. I go, oh, I think I'm right. And he goes, do you want fentanyl? I go, fentanyl? And he, I, very normal. I go, doesn't, isn't that the one everyone ODs on? He goes, yeah, but you just dose. You don't overdose. I go, okay. I I mean, that, that. that kind of makes so sense. Was it, was he kidding or I don't was know. it real? I, that's the, that you can't tell with Norm. Norm was like uh, Andy Kaufman if he could have yeah. written jokes. You know, it wasn't all, uh, unless I loved Andy, but it was theater right. pieces. Norm was like that, Yeah, but he had such Weirdo an with jokes. Yeah. You know, the first time um, I heard about Norm was I was doing HBO. No, I had... I had a talk show that was syndicated. Oh, yeah. And somebody said that the, there was a new kid from Canada, and they had uh, glimpsed him at the improv. And I glimpsed. said, well, he said his name's Norm McDonald. I think it was Eddie Feldman told me this. And I said, well, well, tell me, what's he like? And he said, I just remember one joke. Remember, you used to do that great joke about, I feel sorry for the homeless guy, but I oh, really yeah. feel sorry for the homeless guy's dog. Because, you know, the dog's thinking... This is the longest fucking walk. I mean, do we go? Do we go in anywhere? Because yeah. I could do this on my own. I laughed so hard at that joke. Yeah, that's one I, of his I, best ones. I say, well, see if he wants a gig if he's new in town. So they call Norm, and you know how they always say, put together a packet. And this made me laugh. This is the midwife joke that makes me laugh. Eddie says, Norm says he won't do packets. <laughs> and that word sounds so, it's so it funny. sounds grim like you're a taskmaster when you say, I want a packet of jokes. He said, but yeah. I'll send one joke and you can make a determination. So he said, remember the joke he did about Dahmer where he, he essentially reads the UPI wire copy of the Jeffrey Dahmer trial. And mm -hmm. it's so grim. I mean, it yeah. could not be grimmer. It's like uh, Hieronymus <laughs> Bosch sort of, and he disemboweled the young boy and ate the entry of it, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he gets to the end of the joke and Norm says, 
Uh, in his defense, Dahmer said he started it. <laughs> it's so, such a norm. Hired him on the spot. Hired him on the spot. Yeah. Put him in a room with Drake Sayther, the Drake, great Drake Sayther, who was on that young comedian Shit, special yeah, with, with us. Uh, and uh, they they tinfoiled the window shut like Elvis. They both smoked smicks. Nuts. And uh, I mean, the head writer would go over and ask him for jokes at a certain time, and they bridled at that. And I said, listen, these guys are rare avis. Think of that as a, like, orchid hothouse. Those are two geniuses. Mm -hmm, you can't yeah. ruin the humidity in there. So I said, I went over to Norm and Drake, and I said, listen, guys, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to take your best jokes. I don't want to know your best jokes. I need some sixes and sevens for this monologue. Because Norm would write jokes that I'd have to hand back to him. They were so brilliant. Mm -hmm. I said, I can't tell. You know, I'm not going to take this joke. This is, this will be wow. what something you, and Drake, too. He was a mm -hmm. Killer. So um, they said, fine, fine. So at 1.30, it literally is like the food slot in Papillon where the jokes would slide out into the door. And out of 12 jokes, some of them were so crazy that you thought, I'm going to go to hell just for seeing this yeah. joke. And then <laughs> a couple were just, per you know, I mean, they yeah. were two brilliant minds. And you know how. They they love to be left alone. Well, Drake, they didn't yeah. want to. Drake had a, a couple of. I remember when he goes. Uh, I went to a funeral. He sounded like Dennis. He was kind of like doing a little bit of. Dennis. A lot of people. <laughs> yeah, I we all did. And he goes. Uh, I went to a funeral and I was wearing the same outfit as the deceased. How embarrassing! But how did I know he'd be wearing a too drunk to fuck T-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, then, you know, I was pulled up on this car and a bumper sticker said help stop bombing and I ran I pulled up I said I can't get my girlfriend to stop fucking my buddies <laughs> let me can I handle that before I start ironing out everything it's in the a, middle that's a rhythm joke you can almost yeah. insert anything there I, I remember sitting one night up in the uh, balcony at the improv and Jay was holding court yeah, he had like a tweed yeah, hat on. He'd call him. you Mr. Arthur hey, Conan hey, Doyle Mr. Pipe. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. sitting up yeah, there. Yeah, he's got a pipe. It's like <laughs> a muscular. He's and like we're six all months old in a half circle. Yeah. Mr. Carvey. <laughs> and Mr. Drake's Spain. one of the people there. And, mm -hmm. you know, Jay, ah, listen, if you have a TV shot, you tell your eight best jokes. You don't save jokes for the second shot. You, you don't save them. There'll be a second shot. You tell the best date, then the second one you do is the nine through 15, you know. And <laughs> it's like 40 minutes of the Socratic method. Yeah. At the end, he's like, okay, boys, I got he's. I forget what he's got Motorcycle outside. He's got the Munster Mobile or something yeah. that he bought at auction. Where Driving in a yeah. unicycle down the 405. So, <laughs> Drake's sitting there with a cigarette. He looks and he goes, hey, thanks, Jay, but I have a father. It's <laughs> <laughs> so 45 minutes straight and then finally... Well, Jay, I love listening to that stuff. I'm mm -hmm. not making fun of Jay, but you know, he no, always no, had no. a tutorial. Jay was right about a lot of stuff. Yeah, oh. never stop. You don't stop. Great. He was very when we, pragmatic. When we first moved to L.A., you talk about moving to New York State. When I first moved to L.A. from Pittsburgh, I was so scared and freaked out. It's mm -hmm. such a – you at least had the Bay Area. You knew California yeah. life. But mm -hmm. I came out from the Berg, and it was like – Christ, I was on another planet. But thank God Jay had more of a proletariat underpinning, and he would have the same guys up, Seinfeld, Brogan, Larry Miller, mm -hmm. uh, Mar once in a while. We'd meet up at Jay's house up off oh, yeah. Castle Drive, I think mm -hmm. it was called. And, 
Come on over. You'd go in and Jay would hold court at night. He always had pizza. And if you did a shitty TV shot somewhere, I don't give a fuck if it was like AM Warsaw. <laughs> Jay had a copy of it. He saw it. Yeah, <laughs> on, on Bob it Crane on. technology, you know, yeah. that formatting. Bob Crane from, from yeah, Morgan, Morgan Zero. Zero. There yeah. wasn't even streaming then, but yeah. he would have, a, he'd load up a three-eighths inch something around <laughs> that. Three-quarter. Hey, look at Dennis is on Madam's place this week. Madam's place. and the puppet. Wow, interaction hygiene. Spade, good job on Mike and Maddie. <laughs> you know, once he, in a while, he had, he had like James Bond TVs all over, and he'd watch all the shows and, yeah, and knew what was would, going on. He would download all your worst stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all your worst. What happened here? And then it's, there'd be banging from upstairs. Yeah, and go, oh, Mavis. Maybe, maybe it's upset. <laughs> I said we used to do uh, Jay Leno nine one one. Yeah, this is uh, this is Jay Leno, and there's someone upstairs in uh, my house. And I just need someone to check it out. Oh, are you married? Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you did the funniest and by the way that documentary car blew me out your commitment to it. I was so proud of what you what was it which well, it was the brilliant show that they did with Schmeigel and Colbert and oh, the uh, Danny the, Harvey show but there's a great yeah. documentary about it you can see how oh, proud right, Dana is of it and mm-hmm. uh, Listen, that, that's a bad play by Brad. I, God rest Brad's soul. But you, you don't put Dana on with that. That crew, that's a wrecking crew. Oh, that's fuck. like those session guys, Hal Blaine and all that in that studio. It, I mean, it was those a are cable. killers. It was an HBO show. And, uh, God bless Tim yeah. Allen. I mean, he was a huge yeah. hit, but there, there yeah. could not be more chalk and cheese, as the in, British say. No, once it was on primetime following Tim Allen. And, and, My favorite sketch yeah, is no you chance. did, uh, didn't you do... The Uh-oh. incredible journey with Jay, the dog and the cat and the dog who go cross country. Yeah, some kind of weird Do you remember sketch. that movie? It's the, a it's a dog. The never ending journey or something. Yeah, but it's a kids movie. Am, yeah, am, I, yeah. am I confusing this with Stiller or is this on I, your show? I I don't think. Well, I did. I did. did you Jay do on and Smigel did. It was you on the side of the road, like uh, the, the, the. I don't think it was me. I oh, think okay, we did, I did Jay and Smigel did Quentin Tarantino, and we got so excited <laughs> that it bothered dogs like <laughs> states away. And I'm conflating <laughs> it with Stiller. Show, but somebody did a great thing called The Incredible Journey, which is a Disney movie when they're young. It's yeah. two dogs and a cat with get dropped yeah. in a vacation spot, mm-hmm. and they have to get back across the country, and they all make it Sounds over tense. to them. And but somebody played Jay. And this is what I always think of Jay. He was always closing. He was a stone killer when he was in the, the work mode. He never yeah, thought about good. anything else. I remember he played mm-hmm. Good Cop, Bad Cop with Helen Kushnick. Like, you know, I remember I had a band on my show one night, a talk show called Yuthu Yindi. They were an Aborigine log band. They're standing there, <laughs> in, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> Skirts made out of that, you know, bamboo. Uh, yes, that sort of stuff. No <laughs> shirts on, and they're hitting big logs on little logs. This is what I'm booking at this point because I, you know, I'm like third in line on the talk show thing. So the, the youth the manager comes up to me and says, "Hey, duh, we got a call from the Tonight Show. They said we weren't allowed to do it if we did your show." I'm talking to a guy in a loincloth. So I called Jay. <laughs> and I the go, manager. What the fuck are you doing? You're kidding me. I've gotten out of the way. I'm not trying for Tom Cruise. I've got yeah. the youthu Yindi guys telling me that you're bracing them. That's yeah, hysterical. Yeah, I had no Helen. Yeah, you was the Helen. Helen. In the sketch, uh, Jay's there's a dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog goes, I got to get across that highway. Uh, my master's across that highway. They've gone home from vacation. I love my master and I love my mistress. And then they show the cat and the cat's, uh, 
I got to get across that highway. I need food. I know there's food over there because Master and Mistress always provide sustenance. And then the third creature is no longer a dog. It's Leno. And he's got that shitty crinkle cut tie on <laughs> and a stand up coat. And he's like, oh, this is yeah, we could bump Trisha Yearwood and we could <laughs> <laughs> bump Trisha Yearwood. It was all about the Tonight Show. The other two were thinking about getting back. back and the, it is oh, every fuck. thought. Well, yeah, it then Harry yeah. can come in for the Christmas show. Yeah, yeah. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Celeste Barber, great, Janet Jackson, Nasty Boys, great song. You like to go to Kids Bop Kids, that's their Sammy Hagar I'd go to. I went to see the Doobie Brothers, I'd probably go again. Good old Whitney Cummings, yep. Train and Ario Speedwagon. There's so many more for way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. Wow. That is a good, that's a good deal. You got to yep. visit livenation.com slash concert week to buy now. What is it? Livenation.com slash concert week to buy now. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. Mm -hmm. And what makes a home is more than just house or property, it's the location and the neighborhood. Yes, exactly. This is really, really a smart uh, thing. If you have kids, it's also schools, regards the homes, nearby parks, transportation mm -hmm. options. That's why homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. Yeah, when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing Features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, mm -hmm. student to teacher ratio. This is stuff you need. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's right. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Do you want to talk about SNL a little more? People yeah. I, Those six years. Did you, did, was there a point where you felt you turned the corner? I mean, I remember one time there was, Lorne had Whitney kind of try to maybe coach <sighs> you a little bit or something. There was a blip there. And then after that, you seem like you got come. You know what? I got to say this. Lorne changed my life. He's like Henry Higgins, you know? Oh, I mean, yeah. Sometimes it was all it's well a little, intended. Uh, yeah. I look back and I don't even know if Lauren lauds it over you as much as you mm -hmm. give him to, you know what I mean? He's yeah. such an all-omnipotent power in your You mean life. it's like in your head about yeah, one, the, I mean, like, pretty you, cool, you want to go, Lauren Lord. doesn't really think about you. Yeah, every day you're no, like, I wonder if Lauren, Lauren thinks this. Yeah, I wonder if yeah, he's like just I, on a treadmill at home. He doesn't it's give like a fuck. Paul McCartney said about the Beatles music. He goes, you listen to Winston Churchill, it's still all you know wobbly and hissy. You listen to the Beatles, we get shiny and brighter all the time. <laughs> and it's like, Lauren, the further you get away from the show, the more you appreciate having to handle the network, the egos, the, the sensibility. So yeah. he gets a lot of When lot I stopped of worrying as much about him because I knew I was making him laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I got a little better at it. But I do remember coming out of the box and having a bit of a – I had this happen too. Uh, it's one of the gifts stand-ups give me. I was always such a neurotic uh, kid. 
it's always self. I wasn't self-loathing all the time, but I had a quick switch to it. If anything went wrong, if I shot like a 61 in nine holes of golf, I'd go, oh, oh you're such a, mm. you fuck everything. You know, I, mm. I had that thing. And uh, I got over that with uh, with Lauren. I didn't turn on myself as much. I remember thinking, mm. you better get on your own side here. Yeah. And it happened to me on Letterman one night where I was standing back there. You remember how scared? Mm-hmm. I was so scared. We she all, was, we I don't all know about you. Letterman. And yeah. Biff standing there. Biff, yeah, you remember Biff. Biff was the so sweet. Stage manager Chewing right gum. before you go on. Yeah. Not a care in the world. He's and like, he's yeah. so cool. He's, yeah, you kill it. You know, and yeah, you're yeah, thinking, yeah. they do this a lot. Somebody must be doing it right. Mm-hmm. And right before I went out, and I had all day long been, you know, they put you up at that uh, hotel on Madison right there where all the watches were up in the, mm-hmm. the Longines building or whatever and Midtown. I'd get up I'd walk on Madison go back to my room try to lay down walk I was Terrible. so yeah, the nervous the day of the show yeah, it's like a nightmare day. day and I remember thinking right before I went out I thought uh, Christ you've worked so long and so hard and you've dialed these mm-hmm. jokes in and I, you know, there was the hectoring voice. You're not going to do this well. You're not going to do yeah. it. You know, like that. And I just mm-hmm. said, "You." It was like a big moment in my life. All that therapy pain. I just shut the fuck up right now. Yeah. I, you can, mm-hmm. you can start hectoring me again in around eight minutes. But I got to go lay waste to this, or my life is going to be all your neurosis, and I'm mm. not even going to have scored. Yeah. And I put it aside. It was a pretty powerful thing. And I got to that point at SNL where you just thought. Christ, I, I can't go into this every week thinking it's the end of the world as yeah. we know it. Well, I, I always felt like I had to kill. Like, because yeah. I auditioned for SNL twice. It didn't go well. I followed Kennison. So when I got on the show or I went on Letterman or anything, I could say maybe I was pushing too much or so theatrical or whatever. But I felt like if I didn't kill, there's no more job. Like I'm out. And I felt that way all the way through SNL. Just had to, had you're the to best, kill. You're the best performer that's ever been on there. And listen, Wait, I, let's hold it. Is it, is it recording? It's recording. No, no. I mean, there's some geniuses on there. But your mixture of a proletariat ethic, your ear, and Christ, a world-class you. sense. You know, Carvey has that ear and for rhythms, it's amazing. And then you mix in the fact that he can mm-hmm. write great jokes. And then you mix in the fact that he's dogged. I remember you used to come up with the old man character. Mm-hmm. Grumpy yeah, old man. Which is sweet, but, yeah. it, you know, it's not a, it's not sketched out all that much. It's about the no, rhythms and the rhythm. Yeah. And I used to hit you on the leg right before we went on. And I'd say, this is going to so fucking die. And you watch this. And you destroy these people. <laughs> I don't know and you would. That, get up there. And the way they think that you could be <laughs> yeah, David wrote a joke for me once for that oh I did yeah, yeah. I don't like these latex <laughs> condoms in my day you had a rabbit skin you tied around your yoinka whatever with a bungee cord with a bungee cord yeah. it was the same one over and over again and, we and that's the way we it. liked it we loved it well this yeah that was a dry joke this I'll do this one because I like this yeah. one um I didn't, I didn't, I wore, what, sorry, I forgot it. <laughs> Wait a minute. Angie. I, <laughs> here's the, the element, flame retardants, sweat, sleepwear. Yeah. Yeah. But something about, I ain't gonna bed smoke, you go to bed smoke, you wake up golfed in flames. And that's the way it was, you liked it. Look at me, I'm on fire, I'm a burning co- corpse, and I love it. I you know, it's love like, it. It's so hard to go back. Yeah, you used to wrench that chamois, and I would just sit there and marvel at that and think, this motherfucker, you're gonna have to carry him out because yeah. he's gonna go till that moment. Yeah, I tried too hard. I don't know. Nah, Fuck no, that's the show part. that works. When I saw you against Carmen Basilio at 148 in the garden, you were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that a real boxer? I think it was a cat oh, named Carmen Bat Basilio. One time I was golfing with Dennis, 
we, we did a gig in Palm Springs. This is probably <laughs> where I was on SNL. We drove all the way out there and uh, we had to stay the night. We had to do a gig in San So we golf and Dennis gets mad right away because he's <laughs> not not playing perfectly so i go uh <laughs> i go uh, i go hey uh i get out my i go hey where's the green he goes spudley you don't have to worry about the green from the 12 fucking shots just hit it <laughs> <laughs> and so i say it to my friends all the time when they ask me where the green is <laughs> steal denny's jokes denny you uh you uh you worked at Point Park's recreation room. <laughs> <laughs> you were you uh, ran the air hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I was the commissioner of the air hockey. <laughs> you remember the night from? <laughs> well, there's Spain's beauty. He's a good. He, he's a he sound, lays that he's down and then gets off it because he knows how insignificant. I, I used to do that, that show uh, where. Uh, what happened if uh, I would do a joke about impressionists where I'd go, what happened if Ben Gazzara All right. worked at a TCBY? Yeah. I think. It would go. It would a go something. Little, something like this. Yeah. I'd turn around and then I'd turn back. No, I'm not going to fucking do that. All right, I just wanted to get right up to the precipice and pip. Right up to the precipice, pivot and jeté back to Coolsville. Oh, that's right. And that, then that joke caught on the indifference. And what you just did there is so uh, funny because the fact is, folks, I was the commissioner of an air hockey league at the, and Spade lays that down and then moves away because he knows how uninteresting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just like the noise of air hockey. <laughs> He's got a little Michael Winslow in him, David. No. The, 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 the ultimate compliment. Little sound effects. The ultimate. Can you do Coulier's? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Is that a water drop? Wait, do the little quiet bird. Wow. <laughs> what's what's the Flies one the away. British guy does? Have you seen that, Rob? Uh, he does the oh, okay, voice. So the, the little, little man, boy, little little man, man voice. 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 It's just too Have you ever seen weird. that? Uh-uh. <laughs> Crazy. You gotta watch it on yeah. YouTube. After. I'll be anybody but Michael Winslow. So give me that. Guy. Well, I, I just meant sound effects. You remember Winslow Jimmy Allen him. used to work with a cat and a uh, Jimmy Allen, and he had a Ken Severa. They used to do impressions, mm-hmm. and then Ken Severa broke up and went back into the business world. And Jimmy Allen got Alex. Uh, he uh, he was a. A Mexican kid, he was blind, and Jimmy mm-hmm. was so sweet with him, he'd lead him up on stage, and they did that brilliant bit where they would go between train cars on the way to the next gig, and uh-huh. it would be, it reminds me of Winslow, and then they'd open the door to go between the train thing, and you remember they used to do that perfect volume up, and then you'd hear the door slide, they'd go back in. Now, I know it sounds simplistic, folks, but this thing was so real, if you shut your eyes, you just sat like, I can't believe. Winslow is amazing. Any of those noises are really just texture and a bit to make them Use throw them you in there to make emphasize. it sound more real. Not, you're not a sound Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy. I just do it and I don't even know it half the time. All my friends at home used to do it when they tell stories and then it just turned into, it would just naturally be it's in funny. a bit. I like, I do it. Yeah. But I came in late. <laughs> it's just, it's just those Carp, yeah. who has the chops of your two sons or do they have different chops or what what are, tell me about uh, tom and dex tom is sort of the he's a sci-fi fanatic we're doing this scripted podcast he's the idea guy mm-hmm. and uh i've heard a couple of their bro- but you told is, me you're extrapolating them out right they were short but you're gonna make them yeah longer. yeah we're we're really into it i didn't realize it's like making the white album it's like showing Apocalypse Now to a blind man. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of helicopters. They're really scary. They're coming in low, you know. You got to explain. Right about, about. Yeah, so we had to learn the process. We started out and we had to redo it and redo it. And now we, I think we have a rhythm on it. So, it's so like, Tom's ideas and Dex is and what? Dex, Dex does a lot of voices oh, and yeah. writes. 
you know, people who are listening now, fans of comedy, sometimes writing is just an idea in the room in the moment. It's not all just at a typewriter by yourself. Yeah. He's like, yeah, we should, uh, maybe you should go into the game or something like that. There's some little thing of, uh, we have that Mario Brothers one. Maybe you should go into the game with his dad. It's like, (laughs) oh, that's a brilliant idea. Right, then you run with it. Yeah, but it's it's just a blast. He has two sons. It's fun working with your your sons. You know, when you just did the... uh uh, fans of comedy thing it, it it's such a robin lilt the way you did that and it reminds me how much i miss our friend robin house uh oh yeah and i think you were you saw him closest to the end didn't you carve when he you guys lived up in Rin Rin county Valley? where I, when i was up there mark pitter was a very good friend too he was a great comic friend of mine but robin was there a lot i really got close to him and we would go to that little theater up there the yes. throckmorton theater on tuesday nights in Marin county it'd be packed one of the best theaters in the country and he would come in, and um, I really didn't understand him until then. You know how he called everyone boss, and he mm-hmm. was so shy and deferential? Oh, great boss. And I'd be doing a set, and he'd be off to the side going like this. He was so sweet and so vulnerable, and yet so such a powerful performer that you, it's hard to reconcile those two things. But we finally hung out. I think I was just in awe well, of him for many for years. years. But you finally... Finally, just we hung out yeah. and talked about life and stuff, and then he went down... To L.A. to do that half-hour sitcom, right. and that was the last Not time break I saw his him. Heart. Yeah, I saw him at the other one night. Was the other the one with the long, thin window? Long the one? Yeah, the that was cafe? in San Francisco, where I met Christ. my wife. The other cafe. Yeah, uh, I was with Cole him at the other one night when he went up on yeah. stage and uh, Mystery Science Three Thousand. Everybody walking by the window. Yes, and you would riff for people in this giant picture window. I, you know, you have just... certain nights in comedy. Mm-hmm. Kennison around two thirty in the morning mm-hmm. one night at the mm-hmm. comedy store. <laughs> yeah. Just wading into some tourists who thought it was Dr. Feelgood, and then he went Anton LaVey, Dark Screaming, Prince, and yeah. they're all like scared. So, but Robin, that night, uh, yeah. people would come at a predictable cadence almost, mm-hmm. and he would annotate them. And, is, he's absolutely a, brilliant. Yeah. One night outside that place, I'd done a set, and he stopped me. It was Misty with a lamppost. There's the other. And this was this was before I he went to L.A., like, in, you know, before he and passed away. Up. And he said, Dana, Dana. And he said, uh, he always had this idea in his head that I had came up with talking about your dick like, oh, my Mr. Happy referred to it. But I never did. And at your wedding, he mentioned that to me. Well, I think uh, people said that maybe you came up with Mr. Happy. Never did. So he brought it up again. Sounds good. He brought it up again. Oh, I feel like, you know, maybe I took Mr. Happy. I said, Robin, I tried to take your whole act. I tried to become you. Yeah. Uh, that's not the way this is supposed to go. One time I was thinking about, I don't have stories like you guys, but I was just, did obviously. You, some, you, did you know Robin? A little long? bit. Yeah. But I met him through Bobcat and then, uh, again, friendly, but I didn't know him well at all. So here I am auditioning before I ever met him at the improv on Melrose and I have a showcase. So, you know, you got to go up and do like seven mm-hmm. minutes. So I'm waiting and it's packed and they go, you're next. And then they go, we just gave them the light. And then I'm waiting here behind me. And I go, it's like predator. I go, Oh no. And he's watching. And I go, Oh my God, it's fucking Robin Williams. And then he goes, they go, you want to go up next? He goes, okay. And I go, no, 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 but there's nothing you can do. It's too big of a force. And I yeah. even, I'm like, fuck it. Go. And then uh, yeah. he went on and did maybe an hour. 
And then I'm trying to fight my way to the crowd because everyone's leaving. The people that are seeing me are like, oh, it's dead. everyone forgot. It's like you forgot your carry-on bag and you have to go back down the aisle exactly. on a plane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're pushing you out of the way to I'm get sad out of the field. Excuse me, I got to get back to 23D. I'm going to nap 23D in the center. I'm like, wait, the people from Star Search are leaving. You know, so uh, Sweet man, though. Very sweet. Really vulnerable person, but what a fucking genius. Yeah, you know, at our crap. But I do when I do these talks with David in this podcast, I think of people uh, like us in high school listening to this, and it is kind of an interesting aspect to it. Because when I was watching, I don't know about you guys, I watched people on TV as a kid, and they would never really say how they got into this. And then I then I was on Ed Sullivan, but I wanted to know how the fuck do you get into show business? Yeah, you know? yeah it's all hard. Now I, it's all you, I sold some jokes to a kid named Joe Bolster. Do you remember Joe? Remember Joe Bolster, yeah, comedian. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was in town working at the Pittsburgh Comedy Club, and Christ, I was living in an earthen floor basement. I was like a step away from being, you know, Hannibal Lecter's lighting stand, and it was so grim my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had an apartment with an earthen floor that I laid really? some rugs like on. Baked, it. Yeah, it was, it was clay, like forty but... bucks a month. <laughs> God. It was so broke that I laid bad Indian rugs on mm. top of it. I go to the comedy club and I have some jokes, and Joe Bolster buys three or four of them for twenty five bucks a pop. And then I, I'm laying there mm. watching on this TV that I have. It's so small. It's this is in the era of cables just come in, but I'm watching it on rabbit ears still. Yeah. So broken. He does one of the jokes wow. on the Tonight Show, Whoa, and wow. Carson laughs. You know, it's Carson with an ascot on. That's how long ago it is. You know, he's sitting there, with <laughs> a, and he uh, hits the table, oh. and I remember thinking. I, you know what? I'm not a natural entertainer, but I've got to become the conduit for this or I'm going to fucking go crazy. How old were you at this point? 24. Oh, okay. So, and he told it, and that changed it for me. I, mean, that changed I, I then went out and started telling him my own because I thought I'm not, this is hard jumping up here at a strip club mm -hmm. or a jazz club and telling jokes. It's not as hard as laying there yeah, <laughs> in an yeah. apartment with an earthen floor and an Indian rug Fuck on yeah. and watching somebody else make Johnny Carson laugh with something you thought yeah. of. You better get it together, it brother. It also shows you're in the vicinity. You're like that. Just right there, you go, wait, I did one. Yeah, I thought, man, it's mind. on TV and, it, and, it, and I'm close enough to get it. So I'm not that far off. Yeah. It was a, it was a, a sitter at the net too. It was an easy one. Just uh, Joe had just moved out from New York. Carson said, "How do you like LA?" He said, "Good, good. I get part time job during the day. I drive around during rush hour in my car and report on helicopter traffic. You know, just inverting. Right. But when yeah. I first moved to LA, yeah. it was like all those. Uh, it was like Ray Liotta making spaghetti. There's all those helicopters <laughs> yeah. in the sky. He thought this is so crazy. And it just of course, caught, it's it Ray just, Liotta. Of course, it, it caught uh, Carson. You know, it's yeah, John, listen, yeah. that, that's hardly a great <laughs> joke, but it caught Carson's real eyes. Funny, funny man. <laughs> <laughs> that is good stuff. Anyways. You are correct, sir. Gentlemen, join. One of my favorite things I've ever done. You are but, correct. But you, I remember we were at uh, Comedy <laughs> Magic Club like in 1981. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Still at the point of not knowing, is this going to yeah. be our life? Is this going to be our career? And I remember meeting, I don't know if we already worked, but I didn't know you that well. But you kind of said to me, I don't have any gigs. I got no gigs. I remember that really stood out. Like you were scared. I was a little shy. Yeah, and I couldn't be force myself on people. Mm -hmm. But and but you didn't have you, any gigs. You were you were talking about you had no work. You yeah. mean you can't send that tape to the Denunzio brothers? No. When I was, I think when <laughs> I was around twenty eight years old, I made seven grand for the year, and yeah. I remember thinking, uh, I better hang in here because I'm behind everybody now. 
And then shortly after that, it happened. Thank God for guys like Mike Lacey, who would give you a burger. We're talking about the Hermosa Beach Comedy Magic Club. Yeah, I don't know Magic if Mike's still affiliated. Great still there. But if you're yeah. in California, it's, yeah. it was a show Such place. A and hit. God, it was a beacon in the night for lost comedians because we used to all go down there, mm -hmm. sit in that back free room. Dinner. Mike would feed you. He'd and feed he was you, the man. sweetest guy in the world. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. he'd had animatronic dolls. You know, he'd say, uh, hey, I gave my uh, Eddie Bracken doll a new belt loop, you know, and you'd, you'd go, go out and he'd, go on the other yeah. market, he, he, he had comedian puppets and stuff. It was and it was a, comedy magic. Do you remember following a, a magician? They'd always have, have a magician story about middle. following a magician, but and then you'd go out. Sometimes I remember one night I went down, he had that little marquee. I go down with Jimmy Alec. Do you remember the great yeah. Jimmy yeah, Alec? Yeah. And uh, I'm, the, I'm the opener, and Jimmy's the headliner. This is when I first get to LA. Yeah. And the middle act, you remember Jimmy had the bad leg from yeah. childhood polio. Mm -hmm. The yeah. middle act's Marty yeah. Polio. <laughs> if we pull up to the marquee, it's Jimmy Alec, Polio. <laughs> polio? That's just his name. Polio. That's just his name. Okay. He said, thank you very much for booking Can't me. Can't you give me Kozak? On the planet Earth. Who, uh, names yeah. the disease that took my leg in Yeah, the guy with the speech in Panama. What's your opener? Jim, Jimmy Tourette's is going to be on before you. Okay. Marty Polio. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh. No, I said we oui, like French. Oh, okay. We, 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 we. I have, ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women, I thought, I want to learn a new language. You know what? I, I do have a, because uh, I'm, a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of, of, a French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users. 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm -hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm -hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hast du Zweister now abra. No, hast du Bruder now. Nine abra covers by Swester. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Spoke. Right. You don't, you don't look like some clown. Desktop and <laughs> app 
options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm-hmm. By the way, the lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm-hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it. Price yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David, and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, or bring Zendaya. out... Or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? (laughs) Those are the technical questions. (laughs) I know. Uh, Oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want they can fit in your budget. Yes, it's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant and it's like... <laughs> They're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns. Mm-hmm. Shop Blue Nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler. Go to BlueNile.com today. That's BlueNile.com. <laughs> I, I can't let Dennis go without thanking him for being in Joe Dirt. God, Spade. God, it gives me cachet Joe with Dirt. the kids. I can't tell you how many people. I don't know how it's that didn't turn movie. into a something else, Spade. I know you did too, but it's like a Wayne's World you thing. Bring it back or, now. Or, uh, I have people come up to me. <laughs> that's their favorite movie. It yeah. always boggles my mind. Uh, not boggles my mind, but I didn't know Joe Dirt until I did the movie. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they had this whole new audience. Just, People love them. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that lucked out. Who like, thought of the name Joe Dirt? Joe Dirt. It was me and Fred really Wolf wrote Freddy it. Wolf. And uh, I, you're good. You're really good. It was, called, so good. It was called Shane for a while. <laughs> Dennis, I want to tell you. First of all, you did a great job. And I'm going to talk to you, Dana, in a second. I'm going to tell you. I want to oh, say one joke. I just want to tell Dennis, there's no way you can do it better, but we're going to do one more time. And... 
Hey, Fred, you're going to be our guest one of these days. Yeah, Fred's oh. coming up. But we did, it was called Shane, because I thought that was a funny, like, name for that guy. And then I said, what if it's just Joe Dirt? And uh, Very potent. It, which I didn't, I didn't love, but then it, it kind of caught in there. And it was sort of a crystal meth guy at the beginning, and then we kind of made it a little nicer. Mm-hmm. And That uh, was a good move. That was, sweet uh, that was Ted Lasso way before Ted yeah, Lasso. Yeah, it was a sweet guy. Like yeah. a sweet guy where you really that pulled That was a good him. vibration. Right? And it was first time I wasn't super sarcastic and all that. And got in, wasn't making fun of the South. It was sort of... One guy was really like a genuine, authentic person, and uh, mm-hmm. Kid Rock was great. You were great, Dennis and I. I remember I had script pages on my lap because I think we had Dennis for one day, and he was just making up joke after joke. It was just fucking spinning gold. Obviously, why are you yeah. Jane Fonda from Clue? You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. we tried to write like oh, him. That was the heritage. Oh yeah, and then uh, I would just try. Yeah. I'd look down, look up, say my lines. Look down, look up, because it was too hard. We were moving too quickly. You know, I had like. 12 pages of dialogue I'd keep going yeah we knocked it out though, and man. Then that Dennis, was a productive day yeah and then I think Dennis got out at lunch or something because it was like we, we got it all and we didn't know how hard it would be but he was nailing it all and then he would just riff on each one and go I'll give you three for this and then it was like three jokes we're like fuck it's and then finally the I, I lost 10 pounds after I saw Joe Dirt 2 <laughs> he was nice enough to have me in for like a oh, practical note mm-hmm. on Joe Dirt 2 yeah I'm sitting there and like uh it's before Untucket, so I've got a regular length shirt that's hanging out, Don. And, you <laughs> oh, know, I like, uh, told me this. Like, you know, like a moo or <laughs> she, I look like Alan Carr. I've got this. Jesus fu- I could not. I can't watch that movie without seeing how fat I was oh, at the yeah. beginning of that. Man. Yeah, I know. So someone... right after that, I I appreciate it. I'm not. I'm not exactly uh, Frank Gorshin in the Riddler costume now, but I'm at least lost a few. <laughs> hey. Like Donnie Sutherland, sure enough, Timmy Hutton. My first movie. I did a movie once with Michael Douglas and Donald Sutherland, and oh, you did? Uh, it was called um, Disclosure. It was about sexual oh, harassment. Oh, I saw it. That's yeah. a great movie. And I remember seeing for the first time That's how right. the other half lived, because um, as soon as they'd yell, cut. You know, Michael had Michael, the whole world yeah. wired. He, yeah. he was Gecko he in was real life, and Sudsy was cool. so funny. Yeah. He was like a hippie guy. Very cool French hippie sort of, French Canadian hippie. Mm-hmm. And they, they we'd go down the pair of steps. There was a golf cart there. We'd be in the golf cart. They'd blow out through the doors. We were out in Warner Brothers studio. We'd go down. Mike had this trailer that was like the Taj Mahal. And he had a, a he'd call ahead and what your drink was. Yeah, I love it. I <laughs> love it. And he would meet it. us at the door with our drinks and we'd watch the NBA championship. Yeah. Fun. And I just He's remember cool. thinking it was the, uh, he and Donald were so funny together and you realize the guys like us uh quite frankly i'm from pittsburgh spudley i the young guy from arizona and car from up in the bay mm-hmm. you telling me stories about room service and for michael you know we were yeah. not guys who were privy to this yeah. you remember that first moment you're let in you called me one night you and mccartney were out in the hamptons and i just yeah. there's that mind blow part where Beyond you go the, yeah. i can't uh, yeah you, the you're first trying time, to fake it like you belong, but you're thinking this no, is McCartney unbelievable. And not, not a, I was not ever on SNL at that point. I was just hanging out with Paul McCartney for five nights <laughs> with Linda. <laughs> but having a famous friends. person the first time, someone, a host would come in and know you. you yeah. Know, like, because you're always just a writer, you just perform. And then someone goes, oh yeah, maybe we can do something together. And I'm like, like they know something and they like you. <laughs> Carol and King came to the show and said, "You want it? We should try to do something together." Oh, for okay, Carol okay. King, just out of the blue. Just I don't. Know That's a big was. part of SNL yeah. is yeah. Uh, Lorne almost as much as being funny and not being a sweat act and not laughing at your own jokes. Yeah. He does not want you to be. Uh, 
uh, overly supplicating with people. No. You know what I mean? You remember those Monday night things. Sometimes you'd sit there with somebody really <laughs> who was your hero and you had oh, you didn't yeah. want you gushy about yeah. it. Did you have people you know, like throughout your tenure in SNL and your career, like like somebody famous that was older that gave you kudos or came up to you at a restaurant or whatever? Sammy Kahn, the great lyricist. He came up to you one night, said, kid... Can really? you imagine that? Sammy yeah. Khan. I, you know, I would come and fly I, with me. Yeah. I, you know, I was a nerd kid, and I always dug that. And I what, remember, what you're, how, how famous were you when he, you got the message? I what? did a roast okay. uh, for Friar's Roast, and I ate it. And mm-hmm. I remember I, w- I went on like 15th out of 17th pe- uh, people. You know, the Jesus. Friars. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yeah. for Chevy. Not the train wreck one later right. down the road. Yeah, this yeah. is when Chevy was front running. Mm-hmm. It works better when the guy's in a power position. Mm-hmm. You know, because the yeah. jokes sort of oh, yeah, fall and you off also their know back. him a little bit. Yeah, like, Chevy yeah. later, still, he was still Chevy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chevy's to me hugely funny, Huge but star, it, it yeah. wasn't really quite career. a success story. Yeah. So the jokes landed and stuck a little more, and it's harder to watch. But I remember when I went up and I said, "Nice to be here in the Friars." I always think of Milton Berle. Uh, you know, Milton Berle's dick is so big that I, I'd have to think he stole that too. And because he was famous for <laughs> oh, yeah, stealing, stealing, jokes. stealing yeah. jokes. So it's a good joke, but I'm like, nobody knows me. He's a, he's Yoda there. Yeah, and they're thinking, yeah. who the fuck is this it's kid? a great joke. I eat it. I remember Paul really? Newman's on the dais. I looked down and Paul Newman, who was very cool, but he has to avert my gaze because it's so bad. Oh, like what's down. going on? I hate that. And I come off uh, after it. I'm just, <laughs> this goes back to Sammy. I come off and man, I am... Because nobody has felt worse at a Friars Roast until Whoopi convinced Ted Danson to get out of the Hanson cabin blackface at noon on 7th Avenue. You know that? <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sure he can still think of that and sit up bolt upright in, <laughs> in the middle of the night and go, what the fuck was yeah, I doing? Was a, yeah. But Sammy Kahn comes in. He's done it, Sammy Kahn. <laughs> the Sammy Kahn, he goes, fuck Milton Berle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And it, he was so, just the fact that I was commiserating uh, assuaging my my wounds with Sammy Cod made me laugh. It's an amazing lot. existence being yeah. show business. <laughs> if you get lucky like we do, good lord. Well, well you d- know, I love you boys. Thanks, you two Dennis. my dearest friends. How long have we been, been together great. now? Thirty years? Let's, I've known let's, you. Let's say I've met you in like yeah, a little one. shorter with you, Spudley. Who did you run with? You used to run in that alley. Remember uh, Rob was oh, I met Rob's daughter. Schneider oh, has yeah. a daughter who's oh, a singer. A star, Al, yeah, Al yeah. King, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah, she's London's child. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As I met you and yeah. uh, was always Adam, you. a little Sam. less Adam, but remember we had we had apartments out in the valley somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. on the studio city. Mm-hmm. I had like a swinging apartment, and I remember I had uh, I bought an old front car seat for my couch. And that's how that, that's how nouveau oh. gauche I was. Yeah, wow! I, I remember buying it at an art gallery, and that was my couch. Was an old car cool. seat from a Dodge Valiant. That's I thought it was funny. cool. I remember bringing women home. You'd see a Roadrunner cloud heading <laughs> off into the distance. What the fuck, Doctor Theme? And uh, we all lived out there, and I would run into. I house sat for you once on on Coldwater. You had a huge house uh, on sticks, you know. And oh, it made me scared because you have sticks mm, not on good the hill. With seismic. It activity. was hanging off. I remember my saddest moment in LA I was into that place back then it wasn't it wasn't that much but for me it was a lot of money mm-hmm. and I remember Phil took a step up remember Phil went north of a million not in Encino and we were all like our oh, minds yeah. were blown so I'm in but I, I've got leaks like out the wazoo nobody's building the code in LA the, it rains once and all of a sudden you're right. you know it's the parting of the Red Sea and I order I, I get these roof guys to fix it this is my grimmest moment in LA I come home 
I walk in the door, it's just pouring through oh, the boy. water. Yep. I go up and two guys just stunned out of their gourd, sitting in the rain on the roof with a big spliff, <laughs> looking at me, go, hey, Mr. Miller, home early. <laughs> 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 We're just going to lay down some time, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, L.A., when you first get money, you don't know what the hell to do. I know. It's lovely, by the way. Beautiful path. Beautiful. Oh, yeah, we're doing this in the house uh, for the second time. The artwork is impeccable, and the Mm -hmm. place is just the nines, man. I'm happy for you. Spade was always so smart, and then we'll wrap. I'm sorry, but I I love talking to you guys. When Spade took that show, I said, he's the smartest cat. Because everybody takes the thing where they're the center of it, and then you're the first guy they take out. Yes. And, you know, they go, it's not like SNL. And I always said Spade was so funny because George Siegel and Laura San yes, yeah. mm-hmm. she's hot off the sex lives. Right. And, yeah. mm-hmm. and George is just a player. Yeah. They center post it. And Spudley nibbling around the frame. Wendy Malik, who was kind of, she was, uh, she's great. She's kind of sexy yeah. in a, sexy yeah, and like funny, a laid back great way. Jokes, yeah. And Spade comes nibbling in. Hey, we got that photo shoot. I'm going to cast some models. And then he's, bubble, like, he's like Batiste. He heads back to the mountains with some mead and some meat. And uh, he stays out of the frame. It's hard to memorize lines. You just come in and, and they said, if, you, if I do my own show, I'm just going to have to get a Spade guy to come in. I'll carry all the lines. And then someone comes in and scores and leaves. <laughs> I want to be that the guy. guy. Yeah, <laughs> smart. Yeah, you scored in that. I got show. lucky in that one. Sterical. All right, thanks, Dennis. All right, beautiful. Thanks, Dennis Miller. has been our guest. Love you too. Peace out. Hey, what's up, flies? What's up, fleas? What's up, people that listen? We want to hear from you and your dumb questions. Questions? Ask us anything. Anything you want. You can email us at flyonthewall at cadence13.com. Here's a spade. Okay, I'll just introduce this. This is Ryan Bach. Dear David and Dana, I'm sorry for only coming up with a spade-centric question. Okay, I'm going on a personal vacation. Okay, I'll take over. Okay. I'll relax. This is the longest question. It's something I've been dying to know for over a decade. No interviewer has ever asked him, to my knowledge. Can you please tell us everything about Emperor's New Groove Experience? Sure. That's a separate podcast. How did it come to you? How did they decide it should be a llama? Do you realize it's the by far the funniest cartoon made in the 21st century? And people quote it. Adore you both. Oh, you're back in. Uh, and uh, happy this podcast came to life. Cheers. Did, well, what, Ryan, did, a female Ryan. A female Ryan. Okay, switch hitter name like Dana. Okay, I would... What? Do, what did yeah. the llama sound like? I mean, I, I'm so... Meep, mop, moop. No, I can't And what would he say? Hello, I'm the llama. <laughs> I pooped my llama pants. That was his catchphrase. Oh, no phrase. wonder it made 300 million. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how it was. You know Owen Wilson. How's it going? Yeah, hey. you know, we could go to Argentina and like go surfing, you know, <laughs> tomorrow if you want. It started out me, <laughs> Owen, and Carla Gugino oh, were yeah. Prince and the Pauper. She was the queen I was a prince or whatever, and uh, mm-hmm. she was a princess. I was going to marry her, I guess. And Owen was a peasant, and we were going to switch places. That's this sort of basic story, right? Mm-hmm. So we did that for a year and a half, Jeez. and we did. I, and they said back then Disney it was an honor, so I didn't get that much money. They go, it's an honor to be in it. And then Shrek comes along, and it's you get paid less of less of an honor, yeah, less of an honor, more <laughs> well, of a that paycheck. Was ching. So I said, "Oh, I was the last of the honors," and I did it. And I was so I was doing just shoot me, and I go over and do my voice at Disney, and I go, "This is fun," but after a year, I'm like, I, "I'm over it." So 
they would show you like stick figures and animatics. And then they showed it to Michael Eisner. As the story goes, and I could be lying, but this is what I heard. Disney guy? Yeah, he was the head of Disney. He watches Mm -hmm. it and he doesn't love it. And he says, uh, scrap it. What else can you do? And he goes, I liked, not not really Spade, but I just like the prince's attitude of being like sort of snarky. What could he do? And they go, what if he turns into a llama? And he goes, yeah, something like that. So he'd already spent How, how, how do millions. I get that job? It's unbelievable. <laughs> and he flipped it. They came up with a new story. Another year wow. and a half. Sting does the music. They throw away okay. all his old songs. He gets mad. There's a documentary about that. Really? Uh, so this is a very interesting story. It was story. a real whole thing. Yeah, Trudy did a documentary. So I finished it off. I was being crabby at the end because I didn't really know where the story was going. So we were just making up stuff. And when I saw the premiere, I never met Patrick Warburton, who was Kronk, who was great. Er- Earth Kit, was it? Was uh, Yzma? Great. Mm-hmm. Sting's music was unreal. He got nominated for an Oscar. And, mm. and then it was so funny at the premiere. I go, am I out of my mind or is this fucking... Hilarious. They did a great job. And you know with cartoons, I did the voice fine, but they make everything funny around you, Dana. You've done it. You did Life of Pets, was it? I did The Secret Life of Pets. Yeah. The first one did really well, and then the second one, not so well. So, But we, st- we have a ride. Do you have a ride with your-, your- I mean, I think there were universal. Some, there's some, yeah, there's some drawings. Oh, and I'm some in a whole big right giant ride. They say more people will see the ride and go on the ride than ever see any movie. God I have a ride. Damn it! It's a Universal. As you come into the thing, you're going down the tunnel. You, my dog is introducing it. You're gonna love this ride. And you know, I get a little taste of the action. You know, little checks keep coming in, but yours is good too. It no, just didn't it's make good. it to a I might no go ride. On the, Couldn't you just give it a Ferris wheel or something? I'll. Check out the secret life of farts or whatever it's called. <laughs> anyway, a, we're, we're, we're broadcasting from David's beautiful house, so I can make fun of it. Emperor's New Groove didn't pay for it, but it was. I it was did it, movie. and then I was so happy I did it because I really liked it, and I, I and I I got good reviews for the only time in my life, and hmm. and then it went on and on for Disney. So. I love it, and I appreciate all the people that like it out there, and I was lucky to be in it. If they animated our podcast, you know, and you were (laughs) and you were a fly, what voice would you use for the fly? Meet my (laughs) move. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter. It's just the I'm idea a ro- that you're I'm trying. a robot fly. <laughs> now, I played Buzz oh. and Scuzz as horseflies in a show called Racing Stripes. Steve Harvey and I were flies, horseflies. I would do I would do this voice, and no one would know who it was. I would be a, That's fly. a fly. I'd be a fly talking like Kevin Grant, but no, the kids wouldn't know. It'd just be, I'm a very sophisticated fly. This is how I am. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, Richard Cook, Serena Regan, and Chris Basil of Cadence 13. <laughs> <laughs>